come down and enjoy our patio. It's open uh, in the afternoon, not really in the evening, but a lot of good folks hanging out back there. Come on down, give us a shot, drop by the bar, make some friends. Thanks, folks. Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District, San Francisco, California. With a happy hour every Monday through Friday until 7 p.m. Don't miss it. Go to Bender's Bar. Big supporter of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2018. Spark is San Francisco's premier cannabis dispensary with a focus on serving and educating patients for seven years. Spark is dedicated to creating the best in-store experience with its extensive menu, friendly staff, and one of the few cannabis vape lounges in San Francisco. Spark welcomes you to visit its two great locations as a medical patient or for recreational adult use in 2018. Spark is located at 1256 Mission Street between 8th and 9th and at 473 Haight Street at Fillmore. Both locations are open until 10 p.m. every night. Spark staff looks forward to serving you. Welcome to Wednesday, 2 o'clock, here at Mutiny Radio. I'm your host, Pam Benjamin. We're going to get trippy. We're going to get trippy on Some Call Me Tim. Yes, welcome to Some Call Me Tim, uh, the show where we talk about all things believed in believed in in the past believed in the future believed now or maybe there's no belief uh i have special guest today mauricio what's your last name mauricio marte marte i for some reason i put it with a c i'm like hmm. come to i don't even know what that is mauricio marte uh welcome i usually have people look back in the eyes of sparkle jesus oh there he is He's and sparkly. um and i ask do you, do you believe in jesus well, my uh, I grew up Catholic. Oh, okay. But uh, I did go down a rabbit hole of trying to find answers, and I think that's one of those things that is in a never-ending like journey. And then you end up going around things, and you start losing, you start believing in things, and then when you start believing things, you start losing beliefs after a while, I guess. So, in your search for truth, you negated the Catholic upbringing. Well, it's not, it wasn't that I negated it as well. I mean, there was a level of. Uh, kind of questions that you couldn't answer you couldn't ask because there couldn't be answers that were validated enough right the answer is faith yeah exactly it was always faith you know and, and, and i remember i'd always I'd, I'd say things you know like i remember my sister was so adamant on telling me that superheroes weren't real you know tv oh, wasn't real really superpowers aren't real so I'm, I'm i hear all these things and then you know as a kid going to you know saturday school or sunday school because you know catholics like you know ruining the sure, whole weekend sometimes right, yeah they uh I asked them, hey, listen, you know, you, you see this person walking on water and turning water into wine, raising the dead. I just want you to know it. This doesn't sound real. And then and they look at me like I was crazy. And I was like, no, well, I'm just letting you know. My sister told me that, you know, none of this is real. Super, oh. Because, you know, the superhero stuff isn't real. But then they're like, oh, no, no, but this is different. You know, this is like it's it's in here. It's in the Bible. And they show me this Bible. And I'm like, well, I have a 
comic book yeah, that says the book. exact same thing. So what? Yeah. So what? So what? And because I just had those questions, and then. And they didn't like. How much older is your sister than you? Six years older. That is a look. She was malicious. What a terrible thing to say to a small, nice child. But to be honest, she she put me through a lot of like a lot of the things she said to me reminded me that like okay, this is a different game that the world's playing. Sure. You know. Well then. You, a six years older she was like don't have a childhood let me tell you how it is <laughs> well i was just so addicted to tv you know grew up i was one of those uh kids babysat by the tv oh latchkey kids yeah, yeah. you know so when, sure. when when that happened you know i was just all about you know wanting to do this and wanting to be like that and uh when it finally came to inspector gadget you're young yeah so you I, were no. like you were like 90s you were like probably watching teenage mutant Ninja. nope nope you're i did I, I did watch inspector gadget or and teenage mutant Ninja Turtles. oh okay cool um, but yeah, I mean, it just, uh, and then I guess when I got older and, you know, and you care, this information that comes to you when you're at certain ages, you care about it more. And sure. so I started just reading up about like Buddhist and like, uh-huh. you know, Tibetanism. And then I, I got into quantum mechanics and Whoa. there's, there's a certain common commonality in all of these things. Quantum mechanics and Buddhism do tell. What? Well, that's <laughs> the, that's the crazy thing. Well. If I, I remember, I read this quantum mechanics book to some uh, South Korean woman gave it to me, and she didn't really understand English, and she wanted me to read it and then like translate pieces to her back and forth. Do you speak Korean? No, I don't. Oh, but but, but the the book was so convoluted with like words that even as a as an English reader, sure. I was even I had to read it in like slow pieces. You know? Sure, sure. But quantum mechanics it talks about the idea that it believes that on a the, the subatomic level that everything moves in vibrations like, oh okay you know in, in like a music in the music like um form and i remember also like in a parallel to like the buddhist books that i was reading it was also talking about this idea of bardo the uh in between space what what you know what they believe uh the purgatory state would be if you were thinking in the christian form or whatever sure and it, it was just when you you know you know the idea of like synchronicity you know like when you uh-huh. hear something it's like okay well I, i've something makes me feel like i need to pay attention to this right now because this is totally resonating with me right is it uh a synchronicity is it is it fate is it is it just a confluence of events or did they all happen exactly at the right time for a reason yeah well i like to believe that i think sometimes that i think a lot of information is thrown out all the time and i think we all without even choosing kind of make a like subconscious decision to pay attention to the things we pay attention to sure you but you know? can't remember everybody's face on the street it would make us crazy absolutely and then at the same time you can't remember everything somebody says but sometimes somebody says something really important and you're like you know what i remember that and and that usually are those little markers that help guide your life but but every time you remember something you're where you are when you're remembering it is different so your memory is different so you're constantly changing your own memory so the memories that you visit the most are the ones that are most flawed because you're constantly changing them yeah absolutely i I think i think the past is so malleable yeah especially as like somebody who like goes up on stage and tells stories or does comedy or whatever I, i always try to find a way to make something an anecdote eventually into a joke Sure. And so if that's the case, then it's just like I can tell you a story about my dad passing away. And if I would have told you that story 10 years ago, it would have sounded totally different than it sounds now. Sure. Because of the different of the mentality of how I am and how I choose to remember and what highlights I give you. Right. So, yeah, the past is like, you know, is loose and you can barely even like hold on to it. And then the future is just as loose as that. Right. But the but the present now is loose, too, because it's all vibrational. Yeah, well, I mean, like, I think I think that's one of those key things, and and that's I guess maybe like how you how I started on this path of like, what do I believe and what do I do not believe, and it's just because, 
you get to a point of where everything just starts like breaking away and you realize that wow none of this is in my control if i can't control the past and i can't control the future then how am i controlling what's happening right now i don't even know what i'm gonna say next yeah yeah. (laughs) it's crazy well the the thing you said about vibrations in space it it makes me think about you know atoms and when you get down to atoms and you're talking about electrons you're talking about you know neutrons and protons spinning around each other in at so so fast but they're so far away like if you think about the space between atoms it's a vast space so even though i'm looking at this chair and this looks like a chair it's really made up of a bunch of empty space just like we are yeah and it, i mean if you break it down to like a a proton electron you know thing that's <laughs> there's a lot of space well like I, I heard somebody talking about how space is so important because without the space you don't appreciate the things in between that space you know sure. and so it's um i think alan watts was describing how a net is a series of holes tied together right well, so so are clothes so are sweaters a sweater is just a bunch of holes sewn together yeah and exactly so it's just like you you and and uh he i guess he used it as an analogy for life because a lot of times people you know you, you consider your life on these highlights you know these stories we can tell these these moments these are past and what, what's going on for us right now sure but a lot of it there's a lot of space in between that's the stuff that we don't talk about but to be honest those are the transitions that get us to the other place you know that those are the things that allow us you know Right. Isn't Buddhism all about the moment of transit? It's like, enjoy the moment of transit. That's like what I, I know very, very little about Buddhism. Like very, very scratch the surface little. But what I think I know is that I've been told and understand that enjoying the moment of transit is the key to Buddhism because like, but then we're constantly in transit. Like every moment of our lives is is in transit. I break it down to like, don't freak out on the bus. Once you're on the bus, just enjoy being on the bus. Read a book. Chill out. Think. Do things. And, and enjoy that time rather than being stressed out like, oh, we've got to get somewhere. You're going to get there. Yeah. But you have no control once you're on the bus of how long it takes to get there. So it's enjoying the transit on the way from place to place instead of being like, oh, I want to get there. Or, you know, there's a frustration that can be happening that you can let go yeah and i think that's that's kind of how they translate life is it is a transit and the entire time you're transitioning from this to that and a lot of the times it's some things that are unsavory but yeah. i think those are these those are unsavory moments are allow you to appreciate the really good ones right and so they, they call it um they call the world samsara or samsara uh-huh. there's, there's a way to pronounce it and i'm sure i'm butchering it it's- but um, and it the, it translates into uh, the world of pain, oh. or the world of discomfort. It's it's and and so the whole idea is, and then then you've heard of nirvana. We are made to suffer. <laughs> yeah, and, and you've heard of the the term nirvana, right? Sure, sure. And so nirvana is what everybody reaches to. That's what everybody wants to do. That's what they believe happens when you die. And I guess like what like Buddhists, or at least what the whole I think essence of that um, religion tries to, uh, or that. I'm not sure if it's a religion. Is it a religion? Philosophy? Philosophy way or, of life? I yeah. don't know. Yeah, but sure. But that particular like state of mind of thinking is the whole idea that nirvana exists right now. It's, oh, sure. It's, it's that moment of where it's just like, damn, I do not want to be on this bus, but it's like I'm on this bus. And if you can enjoy the moment of being on this bus, then you actually might find a moment to smile. Right. E- even if it's the fact that these people are getting into an argument and they're like spilling their water on you. It's just like, you know what? This is going to be funny. I'm going to totally tell this story as soon as I leave. And so therefore you like, you have that moment of to find heaven in hell that's right. pretty, that, that's their concept they, sure they believe that like that heaven hell concept well exists. that it's that we created ourselves and it's our own perspective Absolutely. and we can we can sit there and be and and this this the reason i smoke so much marijuana is that 
it helps give me perspective because a lot of the times the reason I'm upset is my own ego like I'll get angry because the ex the outcome right now is not what my expectation was and I get angry and frustrated and it's like hey baby chill the fuck out like you really and I try to put things in perspective of like when I freak out about money I'm like oh and I get so upset about taxes or something it's like I mean I have hot and cold running water and a place to go potty like that and my own space like I live in a studio apartment with my cat there are many so when I freak out about things I need to gain some perspective and I feel like thinking about transit and perspective that's sort of like a Buddhist thing of you I can be it takes the same amount of energy to be happy as it does to be angry absolutely Uh, (laughs) a a friend of mine described um everything you do he used the analogy in money because he was just talking about what you put in like what you put into something is what you get out and so it's just like when you have that last twenty dollars and you know you shouldn't spend it and so you're trepidatious about spending it and then you put all this like ah okay well you know and you 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 make this whole negative world spin of like when am i gonna get money again and you know is it you know is this gonna be my last whatever and it's just like Nine out of ten times, you're going to come up with money anyway. You know, you, you, it's going to happen. Yeah. Like you, 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 eventually, you're, you're not going to starve. Yeah. And and so he, he he says he said that's the reason why they call it currency. He he, he described it as an electrician. He's just like it's a current. Uh-huh. It's like you, you, something doesn't start and end here. It has to go in a cyclical situation. So sometimes it's close to you, and sometimes it's far away from you. And when it's far away from you, you swear it's never going to come back. Sure. And that's the reason why you get worked up about it. Every now and then, I get upset at myself too. But if I'm lucky enough, I wrap myself around the realization that it was only me who got myself upset it wasn't her it wasn't right, him right. and then i end up laughing about it because that's sure. all you could do is just like oh my god i really got myself there you know right i've and i i get freaked out and when that's the same thing with like on the opposite end of, of depression or when people get really upset or like sort of like a woe is me nobody likes me but it's like that's me not liking me and that's projecting it on other people and instead of being like why don't I like myself right now? Why am I projecting that upon other people? Like, what's happening? And sort of examining those feelings. Or being like, fuck those feelings. I'm going to be happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you, gotta, you, you kinda, kind of got to do both, you know? Like, right. like, what just happened here? And fuck that, you know? Yeah, exactly. But if, if we don't look at it and see why it happened, we, we keep, con- you know, committing to the same pattern. So it's like... If this, then that. And it just keeps going around and around until you go, wait, what if this, then maybe something else? Which is, I don't know if that's a Buddhist perspective. Are you happy with your, with, since you've done your, do you feel much better? Did you feel more complete with Catholicism or with Buddhism or it's. Well, that's the thing is that like I go, I went down the line and everything like that. And then I saw that there was a comparison and everything. And it's just one of those things of where like, like you, you see that everything's right. That means everything's also kind of wrong. And uh-huh. so because of that, it kind of just, and then, you know, and, and it all started with like how I viewed this, you know, the country that I'm living in and sure. the, the, that, you know, the demographic of how things are. So it's just like a lot of things, you know, it, it, it all started with like, I think a shedding of beliefs, you know, and, right. and like to the point now it's like, I don't, I don't um, disagree with Christianity or Buddhism. I think, I think all of them had very key important points. Sure. And I think what happened was it was just somebody found a so somebody found a way to exactly explain what we were talking about, which is that, you know what? I know that this is getting this is getting to me and it's really bothering me. And I just want to find a way of where I can let it go and enjoy myself right now in this transit. Right. And so I think all religions try to do that. And I think 
I think uh, the whole idea is that every one of them did it in their own way and then people wrap up on what they believe that person did and then that's why it sounds so messed up you know it's it, yeah. it, because well because the whole, the whole thing is that like and i see you made a face and because catholicism is all about shame and guilt and but, i'm like where's the nirvana in that like where's the i feel good part but that's what, I, I think that's the flip side of it it's just like like i i, I came up to this concept realizing that there's there's never going to be a superhero without a really good supervillain you need that dark. Yes. And so with that said, it's just that like, you know, some I think maybe the best religion out there would be the religion that says, fuck you, you're worthless and you're never going to be anything. Because at some point you have to realize like, wait a minute, wait a minute. Was this a book that somebody took really seriously and now you're pushing it on to me because somebody pushed it on to you because somebody pushed it on to them? Right. And it's like, well, that's the case. Then let me reanalyze what this means to me and how this really truly affects me on a day to day and in my in, in my future. And if sure. it doesn't, then you allow yourself to let it go. So it's just like, yeah, you know, I think Buddhist is awesome because it makes you feel nirvana or whatever. But then even that wraps you up into this whole idea of like, well, how do I stay happy? How do I not let this get to me? Huh. And I feel like everything, they get you to believe in it. So this way, eventually you don't. It's just like you, you have to believe in Santa Claus. So this way you enjoy Christmas. But then when you don't believe in santa claus you still have to go through christmas you still have to <laughs> you still have to be with your family you have to now it's not about the now it's not about the presents but it's about the people or the camaraderie or the food or the, the right. lights or the colors it's just like you come up with your own reason to enjoy this day that everyone sure. seems to be enjoying but it's just like but you don't need the facade anymore you don't need the story and i think the whole idea wow. is these are all stories and once you get past that story then you get, then you start realize okay well wait a minute you know what like catholicism is right you know an eye for an eye will make the whole world blind but at the same time you know you should do unto others as you want you know and like 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 i wouldn't want anybody to do anything wrong to me so therefore i live my life by nicer means but that doesn't mean i have to believe in the guy that died for me or somebody right. else did something else underneath a tree and that, that's how i gotta do it it's, 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 it's these two different stories and i think everybody has their own story and when sure. you move that path then then eventually maybe you have a story enough that's well enough to people to talk about see you, but you're dealing with critical thought here too which is which I, I think that a lot of people don't even think that way they're like this is what i'm told this is what is they don't question why do i believe this why is this happening why is christmas like this what's the history what's happening and so it it, it just it's an easy way to just let the ignorance stay and stand instead of having to look i mean the Bible's hard. Like, it's allegorical. It's stories about how, I mean, parts of it I don't understand. Like, I don't understand a lot and why that has to do with anything. There's a lot of stuff they think about women in the Old Testament that I don't really agree with. But, you know, some of the allegories in the New Testament with Jesus and the pearls to the swine and the sowing your seed, don't sow your seed in the in the, uh, in the the street. You, you go into the field and you get you remediate the soil and you make little furrows and you plant the seed and you put a little fertilizer on the seed and then you tend to the seed as it grows i love that allegory that you can't just throw you know don't throw your pearls to swine don't don't give your gifts to those who won't appreciate them and don't throw your gifts away needlessly and then expect them to grow it's like people it's like we're, we're comedians for example people go like oh why isn't anything happening for me yet or whatever it's like because you're throwing your seed in the street you have to like plant you have to spend some time like cultivating your garden dude like you can't just willy-nilly throw it and say why am i not famous yet i've been going to two open mics a week for three years like come on 
Yeah, and, and I think I think I think also the way people hear is different, you know. So like what what I say could be heard differently by, from you versus somebody else. So when you read something like that, I've I've heard that exact same uh, allegory, like you know the whole like throw pearls or, or your seed into the thing, and they also talk the, they translate that into masturbating. They translate that into you never heard that one? No. That, oh, the, the whole idea that you, you you don't throw your seed onto the ground means that that if you're ever if you're ever going to <gasps> if you're ever going to even think about fornicating, it should be. For, but see, that's what I'm saying. You, I, I, no I, I, I prefer yours because yours actually makes sense to life and whatever. But what I'm saying is that somebody heard that and they said, "Seed, that's right. You shouldn't do that." And that's that's what. And and so because of that, it's just like I, you know, like even like you said, as comedians, like you have to be careful with what you say. And sometimes I feel like this. There's a certain like people are gonna take it the way that it is, and sometimes you have to deliver it the way you want to. And you're gonna have to accept that there's always gonna be someone who's gonna view you as a villain and someone who's gonna view you as a hero based on what you say and how you say it. Right. Regardless of how it's done. Well, you seem to have your own religion you're creating right now, which is the <laughs> super, which is the comic book religion, which is, I mean, and, it, and I think that it can be a moralistic tool to teach children right from wrong. And isn't that what the basis of, religion should be i mean i've always thought of religion as like a community that if you have a baby and you're raising baby and you have a like a mommy and a daddy or two mommies or two daddies or whatever you choose and you tell little johnny you know this is right and this is wrong it's nice to have a larger community outside yourself agreeing with you and saying all of them this is right and this is wrong and we all agree together that these things are you know don't lie don't steal don't cheat don't you know that's kind of it don't be mean to people for your own personal gain so what's wrong with a comic book that's no nothing <laughs> yeah but, it's but, like but, teaching kids right from wrong like don't mess with people don't be mean because look what happens you're gonna get taken down and sometimes the hero loses too and you can be a hero in real life just by standing up for someone who's getting beaten down or there's like lots of yeah, and, metaphorical connections. And, 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 and it totally is. I feel like maybe that's that was another version of it for people who wanted to inspire people or, or to like invoke a particular thought. They thought of comic books. I think every every avenue of doing something is to a degree like that. Whether it's music, whether it's you know, I mean, I feel like you could read a Dr. Seuss book, and if you read it carefully, you'd be like, wow, you know what? He's saying some real stuff, and that could potentially make you a better person. Right. It's just like it, it's it's what you choose to bring into your world, and it's it's, it's how you choose to translate it. Sure. So yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people do think like that you know and i remember like i think i even uh yeah i even said a joke about how like yeah you know superman and batman have like awesome notions that make me want to be like you know you know humble and like fight for truth and justice and like you know and when when the when you're when the times when you feel like you're down and out and like coming back you know for the like the significant win having somebody lose his parents and then coming to become like right. a superhero well that sounds amazing well both of them lost well, their parents it, and it, became superheroes but the, I, I love about batman is that he's human that's yeah. the, my favorite thing about like it's fine to believe in an alien with superpowers that comes and has truth and justice in the American way and saves the people because that's fine but like when it's a human we can there's a relate which is why I like Spider-Man too because he's just a dude but see like like here's a fun thing that I heard uh, so Superman was created by uh, these uh, two Jewish guys oh. and so that is an allegorical story of how they felt when they came to America wow, or, 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 or how they felt like yeah how they felt wow. at that time and, and they had to be a certain way they couldn't be themselves they had to closet themselves behind another yeah. image of what society wanted them to be oh my god there's so many allegories there's so much yeah there's so much critical thinking I'm, you're totally opening my eyes honestly I've never thought 
This is the first time that I've thought about comic books being really great literature that brings critical thinking and stories to people's minds that like visually that that represents you know larger themes yeah they've been doing it for years i i also That's heard that great. that x-men which is a story about mutants is what came out in the 60s primarily because of the civil rights movement wow so it was just supposed to be like and what they wanted to do was to make it predominantly black but you know at the same time like this is not going to sell comics so what they decided was to make, make them, it blue yeah make them crazy <laughs> blue and all these other things and having superpowers sure. and then yeah. and still being hated for even all of their amazing abilities right right and right so, right wow and so yeah so everything's <gasps> oh like gosh. that you i mean you could write uh that that's like that would be a great college class to teach would be like literature themes through comic book through comic book history that's neat like i just i never i didn't even i'd never really thought about it i've never been as a kid i i read a lot of novels i, I was always a big reader but i always sort of looked down on comics because i i was like that's not a real book and I'd be like, oh, the pictures give it away. As soon as you see something, as soon as something has more pictures than words, you're like, oh, I don't know how I'm going to fall into But this. I mean, the art of that, too, is its own. I mean, so I guess the reason why I, I, I in the past and I don't I disagree with my old self. But the reason I would be pretentious in the past about it is that I'm, I okay when you have letters which are images, right? But the letter is an image that's printed to a page and then we put them together and we make words in different languages, but in this case, English. And then those words turn into sentences and those sentences go into your brain and then you make a picture in your brain as to what those words mean. And so that's the author's, you know, thing. They're trying to give you a picture in your head and then you're, but you're doing your part of, your part of that, of that whole deciphering thing. And you're a big part of it because it's your words deciphering them into your brain with your pictures. And whenever someone else gives you pictures, I feel like it's cheating a little bit because it's more of their vision and less of yours. But comic books are their own genre that are specifically, that the vision of it is part of the whole thing <laughs> like, yeah i like, mean I, I feel like what, what, i think maybe the reason why just because of base of what we're talking about is probably because with novels or any type of story without pictures you have the ability to work in your own imagination uh, and then so so honestly we can both read the same book and pull out two different versions of it you can imagine that the that the main character is this type of way and i imagine that they look like this because of how we heard it sure. so yeah I, I and i think that that's one of those like good parts of like having just a regular novel or regular book to read um and then i think when it came to something that like when they were trying to convey a thought like you know uh you know inequality during the civil rights movement by putting these you know uh mutants getting sure. like spit on or whatever like they, they, i guess maybe they wanted like something visual for you like oh man like wow that 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 looks horrible like this is a little girl yeah she has four arms but you shouldn't <laughs> spit on a little girl's face i was like well yeah well you probably shouldn't spit on a, on a black girl's face either. exactly you know any person's and so, face yeah and so like maybe sometimes it's just like i think and it's because they're all still images right maybe that's how you know that's how they impact it it's just like yeah. all right how, how do we get people to buy this it's like well just throw something crazy on the front you know and then of course you know it's not supposed to be all like hard so i'm sure that they had like some you know, no, nice it's things fun. it's supposed to be comic books are fun and entertainment you're entertaining but there can always be a message behind entertainment and and i think that we forget that and the message behind entertainment well there was that whole racist thing with roseanne they're like we can't give the message of racism it's like well we kind of do but um westworld's been messing me up in the head because mm -hmm. of its philosophical ideals and i love that it brings up concepts of racism that 
some people are more people than people, but now it's like the robots are like more people than people. And so what is human? What is humanity? What is, what is racism? Why do we divide ourselves as a people? If we, if we're thinking about robots and whether they're equal or about mutants and whether they're equal, why can we still not look, but we are in doing that. We're looking at how humans we do this thing where we think some, that we're better than other people. And for some reason it's, you know, but yeah. it does really, I don't know if religion all calls that out. Some of religion makes you actually feel like, well, I'm better than them now. Yeah. I think, well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I feel like, and that's the thing. I think religions are like maybe 30 to 40% of what the core thing, you know, all those like really nice, you know, like parables of like how to live life and and what the like, the bare essentials of being content is and then a lot right. of it are the beliefs around the people that existed in that time so yeah you, you'll hear some like very misogynistic stuff in the bible oh, because it's so just like good. they're like i don't even know why a woman's talking right now you know like that's that's that, and that's how their mind works back <laughs> right, then right, so right, so, right, right. so th- th- of course they're, they're gonna say listen a woman should be doing this and doing that and doing this because right. you're not talking so you might as well be you know that's how they sure. think later on you know you, you, like i would love to see what the what the religions 2000 years from now sound like because it should be a lot more you know i mean because well, people know how to read now so it's a little different exactly and and, <laughs> and and the cool thing about it is that like 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 that current that we described earlier i think everything's cyclical you know you look back at like um egypt uh, mythology and how they grew up you know they, they grew up very they, they believed in women to a different degree that that, huh. that whole idea of um when they wear wigs the, the pharaohs they wear a wig and, and they'd have a um there's two different types of wigs the ones that like kind of like had like the bob you know like a little uh um bangs or whatever and then right. there's the one that has the uh the split down the middle sure and when the split down the middle actually meant that the pharaoh was connected to his feminine side wow and and that meant that he was actually more appropriate to rule because he was now a man and woman he wow. was whole and to be honest they didn't respect or not they didn't respect i couldn't i can't tell you but the to, the full respect of a pharaoh would be the fact of someone who's basically who's a, a, a logical man who's connected with his uh, his creative feminine side and can you know manipulate everything to allow him to create a better civilization for people yeah so it's just like so so for a long time i think women and i and i I think even now even with all the stuff that's going around even like the most misogynistic person has to know that it's like you know like that they're being somewhat silly in the simple fact that they wouldn't be here without a woman that women you know are essential for everything but it's just that i feel they get transfixed into the way that they're taught right well, even 2,000 years ago in Greek theater, uh, Lysistrata was a comedy, and it was about women who withheld sex from the men and stopped all the wars. There were huge wars between, like, Thebes and Crete or something, and um, the women in Lysistrata all withheld sex, and they stopped the war, and it was like a comedy. But it's so funny that we were attributing... It's it's a neat play because it's saying that women's power is equal to that of the power of men. We our ability to create is equal to men's ability to destroy, and they want to have sex all the time. So we, <laughs> but um, but that was two thousand years ago, and that was I mean it was in a comedy, but still, I've seen people do it, remake it, and it's pretty cool. But it's saying that like women actually have power, and oh, no, admitting ab- that two thousand years ago. So and. And only, you know, 150 years ago, we're like, yeah, rule of thumb, beat your wife with a stick no bigger than your thumb. That's nice. Woohoo. And didn't let him vote. Women are too dumb to vote. They, they think what their vaginas are. I don't even know what their, you know, the suffrage and all that well, stuff. I remember I got into this, not, not a debate, but this long discussion with somebody. And we were talking about 
racism and slavery and all that stuff and and um it was funny because they were i think you know obviously anti-slavery yeah but they kind of had this sort of like misogynistic tone in a weird way uh-huh. and so i remember I, I kind of just said like i was like well like i said dude i think like the biggest slaves of all time will be women everywhere because it's just like i mean no matter where you are it's just like there's always a woman being like subjugated mis- subjugated and, yeah. and, and, uh-huh. and so because of that it's just like the idea of how we treat you know like how, how you view of like this uh you know unbalance of like between race and color whatever it's just like you, you do we do that in our own race with women all the time and then like you go to another country and you'd you'd swear that it was four thousand years ago the way they act with women or or anybody well and i was thinking about this today while i was waiting for the bus and what we do we have a we have sort of this backward misogyny in that we put women on a pedestal and make like dating woo her woo her by spending money on her and all this it's like when did we make up these expectations and then live by them and you see all like the people you know dating or whatever they're like oh he wasn't good enough he didn't woo me or he didn't do this or and you know he didn't take me to dinner or he did and he took me to this place or that and i'm like what gives us the whole thing of like we're playing into it too by we're setting up this weird social expectation between men and women and when we all play this game we're just as complicit in the game as the dudes are like when we're saying i'm holding him to a standard because i'm a woman and if he wants this he's gonna have to do this and it's like can we just be people like but when we have that expectation of dating we're playing into it we're basically saying like yeah i'm a woman and i should be taken care of and it's like that that in itself i can't take care of myself yeah like hanging out with the dude is great if we're having a good time together and everything's working out i don't i don't want to have any expectations of that and that and that there are these expectations that we all play into is the reason it keeps going yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's the crazy thing about it. It's just like, without the expectations, does it even start? Like, you know, if, if, if you didn't have the expectation of like, all right, this could progressively go this way or this could go that way. If, if I do this, if this is my tactic here, this is how she may respond. Tactics. Or, 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 or even if you even if you throw out all of the social expectations and you're like, okay, you know what? I'm going to just be me and I'm going to do the things that I feel are appropriate to me. And then I'm going to find somebody who resonates with that. And therefore, then there are no games and we're just doing this. But even right. that's an expectation. That's sure. that's that's the game of not playing the game. So this way sure, we can have our own little mini game and then we can tell people, oh, we're better than you because we didn't do this because we didn't care about clothing and this or that. We just loved each other for each other. Right, it's like, right, even, right, even that's right, an right. expectation. And, and then when that falls apart, then you're going to get it, you know, you're going to feel some type of way. Right. Right. Well, in it, for for example, that Aziz Ansari thing that happened that was totally ridiculous when this girl is like complaining about the, the first thing she complains about is he had white wine and I prefer red. And yeah. I'm like, I'm like, OK, number one, white wine is better with oysters. And he took you on an old schooner, an old 1896 schooner to have oysters. Um, Hello. Both of them were setting up expectations from the very beginning. And when people don't like even recognize, like, how much do you think you deserve? Like, I, I don't know. I just, well, I, I, that I, whole thing was like, it just feels like all these expectations. For- I, I know as soon as I saw that, I mean, mind you, I have never thought in my mind that by doing comedy, I'm going to meet women. I mean, like, I know, <laughs> I know that a lot of comedians think, like, I mean, I heard comedians 
to even say that. He said, "Hey, man, what do we? What do you think we're doing out here? We're just here to meet girls." I said, "For real?" Because I thought we we're trying to like create a career for ourselves. But <laughs> all right, no. But the whole idea is that like I've and and like I've if I've ever been approached by somebody who like seems that they want to engage with me, but because of like my five minutes set, I'm actually a little bit put off by that because I'm I'm just like I'm like like what are you? I said, "What did I just do up there that makes you feel that this should go as far as you want to take it?" And so with that said. I don't know. They both had expectations. And, you know, and it's one of those things of where, like, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like when you get to that point, especially like at at a stage of where y- you have something that somebody else could want. Yeah. You know, and like, you know, I mean, at this bare level of like, oh, I just made you laugh and you want to talk to me and have a drink. That's that, that's at least the most like, you know, that's the nicest, the way nicest way to yeah. do it. But at the same time, it's just like to progress in that and then know that you're only interacting with somebody because of something that they did. It's like the star studded. Well, you also kind of look like Stephen Curry. So there, <laughs> you've got that going for you, too. But but just with brown eyes instead of the hazel. Well, I mean, his I mean, if I had his eyes, then I'd be I'd be you, shooting threes, too. <laughs> you should dress up as him for Halloween and put like little. <laughs> that would be my next guy. I'll definitely and think about just that. Walk around and be like, I'm hopefully Stephen they Curry. win this year. Yeah, that would be good. Um, sorry, I got off track. But oh, no, but people people do it all the time to me too. Um, I'll perform on stage and then they'll like sort of hit on me after. And it's funny because I don't talk about having a boyfriend on stage very much, but I do. But they there is an expectation. They're like, ooh, like they something I do on stage, they like it for whatever reason. And then they're like, you know, it gets them excited. So it, I think it does work. Like yeah, there are about, chuckle fuckers. There are. Oh my out god! There. I heard that for the first time. Yeah. I was up in Portland, and my friend called me up, and he says, "Hey, listen, my mom just wanted to say she knows you're going around doing comedy, and she wants you to watch out for chuckle fuckers." Yeah. And I was like, "Wait, what?" He said, "Yeah, dude." He said, "Watch out for chuckle fuckers because these are girls that or, or, or guys that basically." literally just go after comedians and they just want to have sex he's like but watch out because you may get the clap you know and i was just like i was like dude i said did you just throw a one-liner joke at me he's like no but that's just funny right yeah applause break i was like i was like what <laughs> but no but but he said that and, I, and like yo i know exactly what you mean i, I didn't think it was real but I, and i remember I, I i did one bit or one set about like sex or something you know just like this whatever and i remember the the feedback was was positive but it was also this really like aggressive like i remember sure. this, this one girl came up to me immediately she's like hey was that true and I was like, oh my god! I was like, and then like I had to like like downplay everything afterwards because I was just trying to like you know do a set and that's it. Sure. And I wasn't trying to like you know instigate anything particularly. Yeah, but yeah. but yeah, it's it's just a weird um, and I'm sure it's like that with everything. You know, people see something and I think it's just the idea. Oh wow, you're doing something and I see you in that. Well, and there's a I read an article a couple of years ago from a guy and he said all the steps to being a comedian and one of them was never mention your significant other on stage because you're gonna. Your audience will like you better if they think that they could fuck you. Damn. That makes sense. Like they'll like you better. But once you shut it down and you're like, I'm married, some of your audience is going to be like, I'm just not going to listen to her anymore. She's Mm -hmm. not interesting to me anymore because she can't connect with me because, you know. So, uh, I don't know. I, I don't know if I, I have some, some of my funniest jokes involve relationships. So, I use them. But, yeah. I also have, when I don't talk about it on stage, more often than not, people will hit on me after a set. Which, whatever, it's flattering. No, it's flattering and, and, and it's nice. And, <laughs> and to be honest, you know, I think the, the, the act of engaging in a conversation because of, of pure attraction is probably like the, the, the last forms of something that probably won't exist, if, you know, like you in a couple of years. You have to get by the computer first. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's just like, you, you know. You can't talk to anybody unless you've already seen their snapchat or whatever well, yeah you know and like I've, i'm so bad and and i'm not 
that old to not get integrated into like you know the the way things are with like the you know i mean like i obviously have a facebook and whatever but i still don't like use instagram as well as people want me to and i don't use twitter or and the snaps or whatever that and it's just and like and i I literally just for right now i didn't i didn't delete my facebook because i hate people that say they're gonna delete their facebook and they make a mention of it but what i did was i put my facebook on uh in uh, a folder be- behind a folder behind the folder so I actually have to open up three things just to get to my Facebook wow and the so only- tagging you isn't really going to do any good well, I mean, the- well you can but and, and I'll definitely look for it but the whole point is that um, I realized that if I didn't do that, I would constantly just click on Facebook and do the whole scrolly thing. Right. And then, and then I, and then somehow like I'll start watching like a a video about like a cat falling on the floor and looks so adorable. And then somehow I end into this crazy Tyra Banks talking about Donald Trump thing. And it never even. <laughs> how did that happen? How and, did you and, get to Tyra? And, and forty-five minutes passed already, and I was right, just like, wow. Right, right, right. And so it's just like so because of that, like. I understand the importance of it, and I think it's definitely essential for connecting to a different level now. But it, there is. There's a huge level of distraction for it, and because yeah. of it, it, it always keeps me like, like toting the line of how much I d- dip into it. Because I know the moment I engulf myself into Instagram, I'm gonna be wa- looking at Instagram, and the moment I do Twitter, now I have to start actually paying I, attention I to tweets. Yeah, or I won't. I won't pay attention to it because you have to you have to follow people to get them to follow you. I I have yeah. a dumb phone. I don't even have a smartphone. I still have a dumb phone. So it I wish I still had my dumb it phone. It doesn't connect to the internet, and people keep telling me they're like. Once you get a smartphone, you can't go back. And people keep saying you you should get one. And I'm like, no, I'm never going to get one. I feel like technology is this new religion that everybody's subscribing to and thinking it's going to make their lives better. And I don't think it does necessarily. I think that it distracts us, like you said, into other things. I just, I don't like, you know, it's so narcissistic. I feel like Jesus was cool because he was like, Think about others before you think about yourself. You know, think about their needs rather than yours. You know, obviously you're going to think about your own needs, but just the concept of thinking about other people is is nice. But we're also like me, 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 and and we're all saying that that's good. We're all as a society affirming everyone's meanness. Oh, look, you know, like all of our celebrity and all of our we just like look at their me. They're they're. Why do we sell how we celebrate people? But everyone's, I, I don't know, like right now, everyone gets a participation trophy or everyone's, you know, look at my dinner. Really? Like we have people looking at each other like, I, I, what? I, I just don't know when we have access to everything. I, I think that what shapes our values, what shapes who we are and what are, are we thinking about our values or are we just vapidly consuming I mean, I feel like I feel I feel everything exists at the same time, and I think what is going on now is what or what is out in front of you is what you see, and which is what we're talking about. And I, and I try my my best not to wrap myself into a, a corner where I end up becoming that old person who doesn't want to like. Right. It's like, but because because this is the thing I I know like once upon a time you know when when there was no you know stimulation besides what you can do, books came out and right. and, and, and and there was that there was that that. That uh, grandparent says, "Get your head out of those books. You got things to do. You go outside. Yeah, go. And, you, know, you gotta go get the milk the cows." And, and then, and then when when TV became important, people were like, well, "Why don't you read more books?" You know. Right, and then right. just recently, I was going, I was watching movie at, at, at my friend's house, and everybody was on their phone, and I was like, "Damn, you guys can't just 
for like 20 minutes watch this television show with me and i'm basically sounding like what my wow. what my mom sounded like and because i felt like oh, well tv at least has a story behind it and we can at least get engulfed into this but there's all distractions sure and i guess the whole idea is just being okay with that level of distraction and then also to to know that each distraction has a pos uh, has a possibility to inform you on something, you know. Sure. So, so, well, if you're watching TV with a critical eye, but well, like, I, I, mean, mean, I mean, I'm sure this. Well, like that's what I'm saying is that like we we, we may be looking at it from a bird's eye view, but there's somewhere in the middle of like the social media fr frenzy that is probably good. I mean, like the the, the fact that you know every everybody's getting called out. I think right now we're in a it's very interesting. big. Yeah. We're in a um. What's it called? I I think. Everybody needs to be accounted for what they say. Sure. And that whole Roseanne thing, everything that you know the, the president says, it's just like you know what people can get away with, what they can't get away with is whatever. But the whole point is that like, it's like, can you deal with the social backlash? It's like you got to say something, and everyone's gonna make you feel like shit for it. You have somebody who's like bulletproof. I don't think any, I don't think anything you can say to Donald Trump is ever gonna offend him it's because he's he's already he's 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 been a boss before he was the boss of this country, and now he feels he's the boss of everything. So therefore, there's nothing you can say that's gonna offend him. If you're gonna try and hurt his feelings, you're gonna it's going to be a hard job but right. you can definitely go at Roseanne because that bitch tried to come back after she failed a long time ago and now she's coming back to try to do a show that nobody cared about and so therefore now people are going to let her have it it's the same thing with anything someone right. yeah yeah well people never really liked Roseanne I mean, they did, but they didn't. It was like a love to hate thing. Yeah. Even even her show, she's self-deprecating to herself. She's like, I'm the whiny house where I'm complains about everything, and everything is wrong, and my children are horrible, and my husband's fat and awful, and my life is terrible. Like that was her whole shtick. Yeah. Was like, I work so hard, and my family doesn't make enough money. My husband's out in the garage with his motorcycles, and. But see, like, I, <laughs> I was talking to her because a friend of mine told me about that, and I was saying, well, like, you know, I actually appreciate what she did, and and exactly for what you're doing right now, because because now you you get to like you know backspan and look at Roseanne as a whole and be like you know sure. what did I really find her funny in the first place whatever and so now it because of the accountability and now because you know everything needs to move in a forward fashion as comedians as people that want to get involved in any of that type of form right. it's just like now you have to be mindful of what you do not necessarily hold back who you truly are but just know that now we're in the time place of who you are is going to be critically you know, looked at, and right. and therefore it's just like if you're gonna say something, you gotta own up to it. Well, and you can only say things about certain things. Like, if you're black, you can talk about black people, but and you can. It's just like the n word. If you're black, you can say the n word. We all know that. That's fine. White people can't do it. If you do it, you're gonna get in trouble. Same thing. If you're skinny, I as a skinny comedian cannot do jokes about fat people. I cannot do it. I cannot get on stage and do jokes about fat people because people will hate me yeah. because I'm skinny. It's the same thing. There's going to be bias because of the way we look or the way we are. And you can try to fight against it. Like if I... For some reason, you can make fun of Muslims, though, in any fashion, and nobody cares. Like, <laughs> I don't know why that's true. That's how it happens but, now. They're the ones. So, like, who's going to be the butt of the joke, you know? it's. But there's certain things that you just can't get away with. Kathy Griffin couldn't have the, be the, the puppet effigy of Donald Trump's head. It was too far. It was too edgy. It was too soon. See, now, and I, she's paying for it. I, I think, and that's the thing. I, that's, like, I have a friend who's very very much on the belief of what you just said and he's a comedian too he's in new york and i know that's where i'm from originally so i know I can, you have a great accent <laughs> that, you know I, I never hear it until people tell me i say it and i'm like oh okay maybe i haven't but the whole point is his whole thing is and he and, he, and i understand exactly what he's saying it's like you're, you're gonna say certain things you can't you can't say certain things because you're gonna offend certain people and i understand that but at the same time 
I do believe that everybody should say what they want to say. Sure. I, I believe, I believe, and, and, and when it comes to racism, I believe racist people should be as racist as possible. But the reason why is because, like I said, we're in, in we're in an age of accountability. Uh-huh. And so there's going to be people that aren't going to stand for it. There's going to be people like me that may passively say, hey, listen, you're being a fool, and I, this is how I'm going to make you look like a fool, and I want you to feel like a fool. But then there's someone else who's going to be a lot more aggressive with it, who, sure. may, who may be even more violent with it. And I feel it's one of those concepts of like, fire burns how do you know fire burns well someone told you fire burns but maybe you didn't believe that fire burns and then one day you try to get close enough to fire and then guess what you got burned and that's the whole idea it's just like yo you could like i, I don't think but why can't i stick my hand in fire you, because you can't because you're you gonna could, get burned but, but but you can get close to fire sure. you, can, you can talk about fire you can get you know like but the whole idea is that you shouldn't it shouldn't stop you from being able to do or say something and so it's just like i think i've heard people that have you know that aren't from that particular sect or that particular race use words that they have been deemed not being able to be used sure. and i heard it in the context that it was used and nobody batted an eye i in new york the n-word is used by any native that feels they're appropriate to use it i know lighter whiter people than me that use the n-word and i didn't even think that they use the n-word. i've heard filipino boys on the bus really go at it and they believe it. Yeah, and and, 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 and like you're Filipino, and, and that's what it is. Is that you have to believe it? And I think I think when you believe in something, then yeah. it's just like then then then, you, then it's it's who challenges your belief. Sure. You know, like usually sure. usually when somebody sees somebody who says something so confidently and not not with the like intent to be malicious or even not like you know a lot of times people say the n word and I don't hear it in the sentence that like if you were to say what's the definition of that word that it says oh black guy, like or black person. Like it, it, it was once used to describe that person, but usually when I hear it, I usually hear somebody talking about their friend, about their brother, about sure. the this, and it's just the way that they describe them. It's just that's the particular right. word they use. And it's not use. even done in an, a derogatory fashion. No, yeah, it's I mean, done in a like it almost means like friend or sister. Or but at the same time, it's still it's still fresh. It's a still fresh wound, and it's still constant. Like I've even I've been called. I would call the N word with a hard R, and I'm not Ooh. even black. And I remember, I remember, I was just like, wait, I'm, I like, I, do I feel, aff- I, I feel offended by this? Yeah. But at the same time, it's just like I'm not black, so I definitely am not really superly offended. But because their intention was to offend me, sure. I got offended. Right, you know, right, so right, so when, right, when like if right, right. like if you ever been in a situation and somebody calls you a friend or a buddy, and you're like, I don't like this person. Oh, at when all. they say like friend. Hey, buddy, buddy. how's it going? Hey, yeah, hey, yeah. hey, hey, buddy, you might want to move. And they go like this, and they nudge you. Yeah. Then you're just like, this motherfucker yeah. just called. Me. He called me buddy one more time. He's gonna get hit. You know, yeah. I, so someone can get That's hit funny. from That's from funny. from being used a passive word than rather than something yeah. else. So I think in the age that we're moving into now accountability is going to be important and then i think intent and content is going to be essential for what it is that you're saying because because right. you i don't think the act of saying you cannot say certain words is ever going to help because what that does is it puts it on the list of things you shouldn't do and what people love to do is what they can or what they're told right. not yeah to. yeah so it's just like yeah. you'll, yeah. you'll always you make it give taboo a, you make it taboo yeah. you make it like and you give it power right, and, it and power. so that's the only way to i think well but in my case, what I'm talking about specifically with fat jokes is that if I, if I can successfully pull one off, then all power to me. But the chances of that happening are very slim. <laughs> but I'm sh- because <laughs> the, the audience, <laughs> the audiences don't. As a comedian, Richard Pryor, you know, they asked him, what, what does he think before he gets up on stage? And he said, I just want them to like me, because mm-hmm. once they like you, you can say anything you want. Yeah. But so, 
if I purposely make myself unlikable by talking about fat people and I'm not comfortable enough with it, that doesn't work. Now, I have jokes about bulimia that I own because I used to be like that and now I'm, and so I have a joke that really works. And it's not really about fat people. It's about the need to try to be skinny. So it's like I can make fun of that and an audience can see that and they can relate to me and go, oh, okay. But it's like sometimes you have to make choices. Do I want the audience to hate me? Well, the question is, is that like, see, like, because you're comfortable with that, those like believing jokes. It's the same thing. Like, I know I heard R- Richard Pryor was like that he, you know, because you know he was raped, you know, when he was younger. He has this rape joke that just completely lands, and, sure. and people feel it because they they can tell it's personal to him. Sure. And no matter how crass or whatever he sounds, they could feel that that relatability, and so therefore it's not like, hey, listen, you're talking about shit you don't know about, you know? Right, right, right. So it's like with that said, you know, like yeah, you know, I'll say the words that I feel comfortable to me, but you know, there's other words that are still on that spectrum of things that like. I've never said it before and I'm not going to say it to be edgy, you know, I mean, meaning that like, like if you right. have, if you have right. a fat joke that you feel is awesome and you're like, damn, this really resonates with me, then, then you but should say it. Fat joke, yeah. But, but if it's one of those things where it's just like, I want to say, it cause it's just a, it's like an outlet that I haven't used right, and right, whatever, right. then it's just like, then maybe th- then like whenever I do a joke or whenever I try something that I know I'm like, Oh, this is kind of funny or this is something that is interesting, but it's not me. That, but there's no point in doing that, it that rarely lands yeah, barely ever sure, sure you know of course it doesn't so because of that i think like that authentic that the authenticity yeah i said that word wrong the authenticity, authenticity you're right, you're, yeah you're right there we there. go that that is i think paramount to everything that we do sure, and so sure. especially with the words that you use and everything like that and so yeah i think when you say you I, you know you can't say this and you can't say that or i can't say this or i can't say that you probably can't because you already said you can't right See, I, like i use cunt all the time i use cunt face and cunt all the time and i just because in my natural vernacular it's just there and it's lost its stigma for me like i use it to describe everything like i'll be like oh that cunty piece of mail like it just it doesn't even have it like i just use it now but if if i hear someone else using it in a context where they're like calling me a disparaging term i'm like I bristle right away. I'm like, how can you? But I can use that term all willy-nilly because it just... Yeah, because you because because you can identify with the sure, with the circumstance sure. of what you're talking about, and yeah. then and and then I think when you're when you're out of completely your own head of what you know, because a lot of people I think they they immediately want to get offended with whatever it is you say, and they may not want to pay attention to the rest. They want to they, they don't care about the middle, they don't care about the beginning, the end. They just want they heard that one thing, and right. then they want to attack that, and then sure. and so that's how it is. But uh, I feel when you when you hear something and you know that it's in that different context then it just automatically puts you in an in an offensive or defensive situation and so you know i mean i think we're gonna go on that back and forth i think for a while in like in this country free speech you you're a proponent of free speech of course yeah yeah i mean you know like i i I, what what if okay this came up to me and i'm just gonna ask you from a moralistic standard because i'm like free speech but there's a guy running for state senate right now and he gave us and everybody's mailbox got one of these guides and he had a diatribe that was half a page it was pretty long i'd say it was about 750 words and his entire thing he talked about was that trans people aren't really people that it's just a scam and that they're ruining the morality of our children by existing and that was sent out to everybody's mailbox in california a wackadoodle republican isolationist anti-abortion racist guy gets to have blatant homophobia and sent to everybody's mailbox in california see and i think 
that needs to happen so this way it doesn't happen again you understand like uh-huh. like like what i'm saying is that like i've never even heard of something like that but at the same time i'm pretty sure it's commonplace in other places like like that happening here seems like a really big deal because you know san francisco it's just so di- you know diverse and, and, and you guys have been ahead of the curve on this this and that that it's just like to see it happen here you know it's the same thing like seeing you know racism happen in new york it's like it happens but it's just like wow i'm just so surprised you go in the middle of kansas and they're like handing flyers out every day say hey don't be gay go away you know wow. one of these things. so it's just That's like mind-blowing to me so like so to accept to, to, but the thing is that you, you you want it to happen at a place like here because then you have people like you and other people to be like hey listen you send this shit to my my mailbox again and i will fuck you up and yeah. then and then and what, what what they're hoping for is they're trying to fish out the people that want that that like that particular it, frame of thought. He is wackadoodle. Like I went to his website and checked it out, and he is wackadoodle. Like off his rocker with all kinds. Just ice back trying to get back to American isolationism, which we know isn't going to work. Yeah, no, because well, we can't buy our own goods. Like if we were going to actually make our own goods and then sell them to ourselves, we wouldn't have enough money or i mean maybe i mean i don't know how it works because americans want to be paid too much because our standard of living is far too high because we we feel we're too entitled we think we deserve everything and there's people literally that don't have toilets like all over the place oh yeah and I mean, running water every single time i leave this country i feel like oh my god i'm, I'm i i i feel honestly like a king yeah when i leave this country and and, and, and and even grow like like growing up in like uh you know I wouldn't even say my neighborhood was bad. My neighborhood was substantial for what I what I wanted. And now every single time I move to a new neighborhood, everybody keeps telling me how bad the last neighborhood was. So meaning that my first neighborhood was worse than I thought it was. But at that same sense, I always had food, even if it was a welfare situation. I like the fact to be in a household to to never have to. I never have to worry about when food was coming. You know, That's like great. at least if if it was a priority or problem with my family i never heard of it and so because of that to grow up with this facade is amazing the the facade of america it makes you makes you royalty and so when you when you leave here the people do treat you like royalty and that means you get two sides of the spectrum you have those people that like wow you're american you're from new york and there's like oh fuck america huh right right you're from america donald trump huh when i when i travel i say i'm from canada or australia I mean, and that's terrible because I hate lying. I don't like being a liar. And I like to be integrous to myself and truth. Um, but I just can't deal with people. And I, I'm just like, and I don't want to say not my president because he is. He's, it, when you say not my president, it's like, well, but he is. He's our president right now. So, like, we can say it all we want, but we didn't, we lost. However, we lost. We were too dumb to fake it. Like he did. Whatever, whatever happened, it happened, and it's that's real though. And I just, I just don't want people to judge me for, like the choices. Well, no, I mean, but but, but that's that's the same thing. We're, we're, like, if you're not judging people on their sex or their race, then you're judging them by who they, who they associate with. Right. And then when it comes to countries, it's just like, okay, that's your president. So that means who's you must your be basketball your team? Yeah, exactly. So it's just like it's like, oh man, you fucking like them? What? No, nah, I don't like you now. It's just like that's how it works. So why though? Why do we as humans have to? Why do we always have to have an other? Just like you said with the comic books, to bring it back around, that for there to be a hero, there has to be a villain. Exactly. And, and and to be honest, if that's the case, and it's like this, like the senator you're talking about, or even Donald Trump, is like you have to. I mean, now this is hard to say, but you have to appreciate what they're doing because what, because because what's going on as as crazy as it is, I I find it hard to believe that it's the first time. 
it's just it's it's just it's just the way it's just that because he's yeah. saying things on an outward level it's just like it's like like it's the whole thing about like do you prefer the passive uh you know liberal racism or do you prefer the racism in your face like hey go back home you right, know right right so right, it's like, right it's like stop speaking spanish so what i'm saying is that like what's to say that not every single president since before him was the exact same way or like or the or the whole idea is just that i mean i i stopped believing in the president a while ago maybe maybe during the Bush era, but of course, when Obama became president, I was just like, wow, something, there was an inkling of where, like, I feel like it'd be awesome to say that this was a really big, important thing, but something makes me feel that this just means that, that there, that, you know, um, to pretend that racism doesn't exist now. No, it wasn't even that person. I, I felt like no, oh. I thought for eight years. I honestly felt like when he was the president that we all just, as a group, were like uh, white people were like, "Racism's over! We won! Yay! It's over! Everybody, yay!" Like I felt like that was sort of like what we were led to believe, and so racism continued and got quieter but stronger, and then came back with a resurgence now because we like just forgot that it existed for at least at least I did I was like look Fred, there's no more racism woohoo yeah and, and, but you see, that, like, that's the thing it's just like it, it was never gonna go away and, and I honestly felt like when it when, when that happened when uh, he became president I was just like I, I hope and change and I was like that would be awesome I really would love that but for some reason I feel like at that stage in my life I felt that I, I didn't think well because Bush made me feel like wow I don't think the president really does what we think the president does meaning, well, meaning that meaning that I don't feel like they're really it's, it's okay, like so let, let me jump off of this 9-11 question mark well I, I was you know, be, being around 9-11 and, and <gasps> hearing you were around it you were in New York in, yeah, during was, the 2001 yeah yeah my, I was in high school and when the whole wow. thing goes down you know like you know people were running around the teacher walks in asks us for a radio we don't know what he's talking about he's like no no listen no one's gonna get in trouble this is serious and then you see the whole thing going down you know people are crying because you know where how far were you were in Brooklyn no when Queens. You were in Queens. Um, oh, so you were way, way uptown. Yeah, but now but the cool thing is that well, not the cool thing, but that my house was right like by the line, by the 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 line of where you can see the World Trade Center. When, when, whenever the uh, whenever there would be fireworks for Fourth of July, we would go sure. across the street on the building to see it. And then, of course, now when you see it, it's nothing but dust. And the dust right. actually hit all the way to Queens. No. You know? Of course, all it, it rolled all the way. And so, I mean, like, you know, and, and then like you, you know, because that was the way the wind was going. Because the people at the harbor on the other side—that's where they're trying to get to safety. They're like, you gotta get to the harbor. Yeah, and I mean, and, and that dust hit for a while. And you know, and and so like you know that that the whole intensity of that. You know, definitely you makes there. you start makes you start questioning things, and you know, and and, and then you hear like the the firefighters that were I there. Read, and how I they read, I read every about single, I read every single during 9/11 last year, so that I wouldn't forget. I read the New York Times put them out every single firefighter and EMT uh, and pol- not police. It was firefighters and EMT firefighters. They interviewed every single one of them that survived, and they have their exact transcripts, and they're still online. And the New York Times put them out, and they're like 403 of them, and I read them. All. and they were amazing and if you don't believe that it was that it was a strategically somebody planted bombs to make that be a strategic uh, destruction they there are so many of the firefighters that like I heard this explosion and then this explosion and I felt it from underneath me and I was like there are explosions happening here and then like be like did you hear the other and all these people are corroborating each other's stuff about when they heard explosions where and what was going on and how they went down and, and it's super sad because you, so cause, sad because because you, you, a lot of these firefighters had to like they gave up their jobs because this one of those things that were like if they're the ones that survived I remember I think one of them was uh 
either like in charge of the, the the engine or the ladder or whatever it was that they were basically in charge and they're the ones who sent people in there and they said listen as a as as a chief as somebody who's important to like make sure whether this structure is sound for my guys to go in you know like i need to we need to assess whether it's a savable building or a savable place or not and he's just like so you're telling me i sent people in here and now knowingly what happened it's just like i just killed my brothers i right. and so so you have to they sacrifice whoever decided they sacrificed those people and, and, that and, and that's just like you know it's a crazy thing but because of all that and all of those things that like started it was that's what started me like well do i even believe in christianity all this wow. other. It's, it's, it was 2001 it was where, where it starts but, but it was one of those things that were like you look back and you realize that they that there was those bombs in the world trade center in 96 sure and so it's just like and and that there was the whole gulf war and then and then during the bill clinton times there's a whole bunch of shit that was signed but but to be honest the most craziest thing that happened was the monica Lewinsky thing you know like right like well, there was nothing during his time too there was the serbia croatia yugoslavia breakdown where people were just genocide just genocide for sure but nobody blamed bill clinton or, oh, or no. at, at least at that point it was just that wasn't what everybody was talking about well, sure, so sure, it's just sure. like so when when, when 9 11 happened it was easy to be like yo yo i think bush is a piece of shit or whatever whatever and talk about, talk about maybe he was the one who's responsible for it but then i'm looking at him and i'm looking at all these things that happened prior and then you can see that there's a map or there's a certain kind of like layout that things are going to happen the way they're going to happen right. meaning that like are is do we view the president as the as the ceo owner of this country or is he just a manager because if, right. he's, just, if he's just a manager cause, cause I, if you've ever worked anywhere you know the manager isn't shit i could be a manager in in two years if i work hard sure and it's just like and then you could go to certain places you go to mcdonald's and you have problems with the staff you call hey can i speak to your manager the manager could be a piece of shit and you'd be like wow this guy is not understanding what's going on and then he could be a really nice guy and give you exactly what you wanted and right. he's like, but the point of that matter is is that he does not change the logo he does not change whether mcdonald's sells fries or the big mac loses the sesame seed bun he doesn't yeah. make those decisions so i think what we are what our problem is is that we we're like damn we hate this manager but a lot of people get so emotional about it because they swear that this motherfucker owns it and he doesn't right. he doesn't because he's just a and and so and and but then but then when you ask yourself that if you ever wow. work if you ever worked any job yeah any job then you know the manager doesn't even have any responsibilities i mean he does like, they delegate like, to like, everybody like, else but he delegates it and yeah. so when you've worked at a place long enough you start to realize like yo you know what i don't respect this guy because i know i could do his job better Better. And even sure. if I didn't do his job better, he's just doing it so shitty. And he's and and we take care of it anyway. So it's right, like, so right. what does he do? Because when shit gets really, really, really bad, he can't do anything. So it's just like when it gets kind of bad, then he delegates it to us. So it's just like when yeah. you when you look at it in that format, then it's just like how can you ever really expect? a man to change something every four years they, it's, it's impossible it, yeah it's impossible it's, it's, there are it's the question is do you believe they're a puppet or do you believe they work off their own volition and that's why a lot of people voted for trump as they said he won't listen to anyone that's good but that's bad because you're the president you have to listen to everyone that's the whole thing i'm totally sure i'm totally sure he has his own beliefs and he has his own ideas oh, i think yeah. i think i think when he when he showed up you know, day one, he, he, he probably had a rude awakening on what he can and what he can't do. But I think, I think at that point, you know, when, when like Obama's really good at diffusing things, yeah. and I think Trump is really good at distracting people for things. Right. So, it's just so like, what is he distracting us from? I mean, that's the, that's the thing, because I'm pretty sure, what, what, I'm pretty sure what, whatever Obama was diffusing was probably distracting us too. Right. Because there's other things going down. You know, like, like I, I didn't, you know, like the people that are like not Obama advocates will tell you about how many drone strikes that went down, the fact that he never really shut down Guantanamo Bay. Right, right, All right. these different things. He's like, they'll, they'll, they'll lay an account of all the messed up things that he did that it's just like, wow, it's crazy. And then so it's just but like... he commuted... Um, in his last like 
30 days of presidency, he commuted 1,800 uh, marijuana crimes, federal crimes from people. Oh, you, you got to end it with a cherry very, on top. Yeah, he, he signed, just he commuted tons and tons. He got tons of people out of jail for dumb marijuana offenses in like New York State and all these other things. It was great. Yeah, yeah. He I did mean, a really great thing at no, the very and, end. And, no, and, and, and of course, like, you know, and, and that's what I'm... I, I, I don't think that every like that's the whole thing like when you get into like the whole conspiracy like like circle there's just like damn well, well who's the person who's really bad like is this this person this person and I like to believe that it's just like I think I think people really it's it's more of a financial thing it's I, all money and, exactly and, and, but, it's but, but, all but, money. but it's not like it's not like to be nefarious it's just like like I need to make my profit off of you well and so I don't know if you heard about this with the Twin Towers though is that a guy bought them six months before they or a year, right? A year before they imploded, a new guy bought them and um, realized that asbestos, they built it with asbestos, half of it. So half of it had asbestos that had to be removed and the other half, they realized when they got to a certain place, they're like, oh, we're not using asbestos anymore. So that he was supposed to retrofit both buildings and it was going to take billions of dollars. And so he ended up taking out a, a insurance policy like six months before the Twin Towers that had a terrorist clause, a special terrorist clause. And at the end, after they were destroyed, he sued the uh, insurance company for double the money because there were two towers. And so he ended up getting like $11 billion or something. Oh yeah, I mean, like that's what I'm saying. It's just, it's just like, <laughs> like, like as- So as, he profited off of 3,000 people's deaths. See, as, as nefarious as that sounds, it's just like, the way this world works is profit. It's like, how can I get something off? And, and, it's, and, and it's not, and like the thing is that the people that could even possibly think to that level are people that only see other people as assets. So it's just like, they see 3,000 people and they're like, come on, dude, there's like about like 7 billion people. Don't worry about it. We got more people. It's, it's, it's the same thing. Like they'll, they'll right. talk about people the same way they talk about like, like, you know, gasoline or like, sure. what? So say, what do you need? What do you need? You want money? You want hundreds? I got hundreds of dollars. Don't worry about it. And, and that's how they view it. I don't, I don't, and it's, I think it's like a little like um, it it sounds like they're like um they're moralistic like like negative or whatever. But the whole idea I think is just that they they don't they don't view it that way because they don't see people as people. They see them as a commodity. Yeah, and, and to be honest, they we, see them as an asset, like you said. But we don't see them as human beings that have families. And the worst thing too is that all those firefighters that did those first person reports and all that stuff, a lot of them are dead now because of the fucking cancer from breathing in all that black smoke. The concept that they actually survived and what happened to all. So instead of having to retrofit the buildings for asbestos, just blew them up. So everyone, you breathed in asbestos. Probably. Because you were in Queens. So it was like, it wasn't just the 3,000 people that actually perished. It's all the people that died later because of, I mean, they vaporized two buildings and everyone in New York breathed that smoke, that debris, that human, that, they breathed in people. Like, because everyone just immediately got, foof, like vaporized. Wait, and you, you want to hear the fucked up thing about that? Is that for the, for maybe, I could say six months, six months afterwards, the nicest version of New York you'll ever be in. I mean, in, in everyone was kind to in, each in, other. In, in, in like you know the twenty plus years that I lived in New York or thirty years that I've existed, I've never been to New York and seen it be that 
just like you could feel like this like it, it was like we were all mourning but we were all trying to connect on the same level of what we just lost right. and, and and so with that said that's the same concept of it's just like you need that you need villain. that darkness for that lightness you need that, you need that villain so meaning, meaning that like something bad is going to bring something good out of it so it's just like you could only hope that what's going on now when it comes to like the racism or what or what should be happening with this the whole harvey weinstein stuff is just like like to be honest i'm glad all that stuff is coming out now it sounds hor- horrific that it's happening but that means that it's going to be very hard or very unlikely that it's going to happen in the future you know like mm-hmm. like i, I would have loved to have been in the, in the in the movie business but i didn't want to i didn't want to have to like suck anybody's dick or do anything crazy right. like that yeah. but now it's cool because now if my kids or my or my friend my family's kids kids if they want to get involved we'll say hey cool it's because the harvey weinstein's done you're probably going to be successful on your own you know it's just like right. you, you like you you, you got to take away all these bad guys and by the only way to do that is like it's like to shine light on them and to realize yo this is bad we agree that it's bad of course there's always gonna be somebody on the other side that says no 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 you're, you're just looking at it wrong but it's just and- who do you think are the worst villains right now on a worldwide scale if you and, and even in a microcosmic scale I mean it could be San Francisco it could be in your own community it could be on a large scale like our country or like the world or well who do you think the super villains are right now without trying to get too wrapped up into it because I don't because I, I, I really don't take too much on each side I'm really down the middle of it because I appreciate the side of it so and so what it seems like is at least for this country it seems to be the, the the president seems to sound like the villain but i also at the same time have had very articulate republicans tell me about all these things he does and how it's supposedly like changing like gearing like the country to be a way better like oiled machine on or whatever now with that said i don't know if that's valid those are all those things you have to wait but as of right now, because of how he acts and how he deals with things, the president's an awesome villain. Because yeah. but, 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 but that, that's because it's just like it's like people are like yo, dude, you can't treat women like this. You can't say these things. You can't honestly believe that you're better than these people. It's just like right. so people are getting so upset. And so you know, so it's it's one of those things where it could only lead up to, you know, being enlightenment and change. Yeah, and and it's just like and I think like if if it doesn't show. The fact that we should be more careful on who we decide to deem our leader, which which we should also take a look at and, and realize what that even means. But if 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 it doesn't change the process on how we vote, it should also change the point of how we we bring even bring these people into the election situation. Right. You know? Like I I heard people talking about like yeah you know like it doesn't like you shouldn't have to. It shouldn't have to be a choice between shit and shit. That that that, that that's what everyone kept telling me. They're, right. like, they're like, oh, I didn't vote for Hillary because of this, or I had to vote for I had to vote for Trump because of this. You know, like like they all had their like they had to choose a side because it was only black or white. Like you sure. had to choose one, and it's just like, well, that sucks because like not, not everything is black and white. There's a whole bunch of different shades, and it's just like we should have that opportunity to do that. And it's yeah. just like maybe the best thing that could come out of this is maybe at least that. You know? Sure. The, the the potential for yeah the potential for the fact like yeah you, like yeah the, it, like if it comes to the point where this doesn't happen again then that would be that, that, that everyone would, would be, love that that would be great exactly and yeah. then and then you just build off of that it, you know you're gonna find other people that are gonna disappoint you you know I, I was actually afraid of Bernie Sanders one because I was like uh. oh no oh, I, I I really liked him I really sure, liked everything I liked he said my, my whole thing was that like I just didn't want him to either. A be so good that they assassinated him, sure. or 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 B realize that he can't do shit, which is what I really fear because I feel that like when you get to it, you get all these like yep. you get all this red tape, and you realize like okay, wow, I'm just a manager, and I'm, I'm, I, and I'm I, just a man, and I just got to smile, or I could frown, I could do anything I want as long as I just don't get involved, you know, and 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 I think like that that's like a whole big thing. They're the only ones that can really institute 
change though for real it's the same thing as the mayoral race here in san francisco is they really can institute change if if the new if the new mayor wants to decrease homelessness by 3,000 people in a year, they could. They could make it a priority. They could make housing a priority. They could find ways to help the community at large, with especially with the huge influx of, um, what's it called, money, uh, tech money. There's no, and the, the, the mayor could say, you know, fuck everybody else. I'm making some real stuff happen here in the city. But will they? Do do our leaders ever do that? Or are they just trying to make sure we don't all kill each other? Like, what? what? Well, see, and, and that's the thing. I'm like, I, I wonder if it's even that or if they, like, somewhere along the line, someone just breaks down. Like, someone explains to the mayor and be like, yo, you know what? That that could work and yeah you can you can work it out in the budget but it's like but if you didn't do that and you did this look how much more money we'd make right or, or look 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 how much more of a of a establishment you can create like it's just like you, you can make these houses for these homeless people but then like you know then you got to find out where they're gonna get jobs can they pay for it are we gonna be able to do this it's like but you can make this really nice building and people are gonna remember you for that building yeah or you, you can, can make the, you, know. you can bring the warriors here and and make parking in impossible for six weeks out of the year when the Giants and Warriors are playing at the same time. Yeah, you know, right I, next I, like, door to each other, and, it's gonna and, be a nightmare. And, and I honestly don't even think that it's, it's one of those like it's, I don't think it's like an evil man. I don't think like 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 to be honest, everybody's everybody is their own hero. That's the that's the key thing. So huh. so it's just like so even if even if I, I want to brand you know Donald Trump a villain or you want to call him a villain or, or we just say that that's just we'll just call no, him the he villain. He sees himself with a cape and a white shiny outfit to. with a red cape like he I am to. saving the world. Nobody I think goes into it thinking like I'm gonna this is I'm gonna be bad today. It's just like you know I think they're they're doing it with the intent. So it's just uh -huh. like to know that and, and I think. If you could pull yourself out of your own self to realize that, then it's just like, all right, you know, like, how, like, because I think there's a tactful way to talk to everybody, you know, about certain things. And it's just like, I think sometimes some people don't ever get that moment of where they're like, hey, dude, do you realize I'm not trying to say that you are, but do you realize that what you're saying and what you're doing comes off kind of like a dick? Like, I'm not like, do, right, you, do yeah. you realize it? Because sometimes people don't. I, yeah, sometimes you and, don't. And, and, I, I and, haven't. I've done it and I didn't realize. I was like, people have said you that what you said was really mean. And I'm like, it, it, oh, I guess. I guess it could be considered mean. And I didn't it, even think, oh, okay. And the more I interact with people, the more I realize that not everybody is as socially aware as other people. And, and there's some people that are really socially aware and they still could offend people. So then, and I've met other people that are just so oblivious that it's just like, wow, yeah, that's, that's totally well, possible. And I think we can look at it in our city just in an allegorical way with sidewalk politics. When four people are walking down a sidewalk that's busy and they all choose to walk next to each other because they're having a conversation and what they don't see the rest of the people on the sidewalk or their conversation and how they're walking is so important that other people should go around them. It's like we have this two foot radius that we don't even like we can understand it only if it's two feet away from us. If it's anything outside of that, it's like I can't even. I can't even m maneuver my body around that on the sidewalk. Yeah, and and, 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 and there's and there's certain people that would he would hear you say that, and they're like, "Yo, I didn't even think about anybody walking in between us. I was just trying to have this conversation." You know, like, and it's just it's just because they're just not 
their head space doesn't go to oh i gotta pay attention to this or i should care about what you're thinking or what you're feeling it's just like not a lot of people you know and to be honest i mean i do that i i I, like i think i I think i'm empathetic a lot of times but a lot of times i I bounce between empathy and apathy because it's just like it's like it's like when you care so much and then you realize nobody gives a fuck then it's just like wow dude maybe i shouldn't care because otherwise this is ruining me sure well and i I mean because then i perseverate on things like the people that come out of a store and they just have their head down or they're looking at their phone it's like you're basically walking into traffic and not paying attention at all that there are other people doing things in the universe but that's just i guess is that human nature is that we are sort of built to be selfish and and is it that we created religion to sort of have a like an escape like this escape lever for like our own selfishness it's like we as humans are always constantly self-involved and selfish about our own things so we need to have something outside of ourselves so that we think of something bigger yeah i feel like well i feel like there's different stages of selfishness i think you i think you get i think you're selfish on that raw egotistical level of exactly what you're describing and then i think you have something like religion or not even anything anything that could like just remind you that you're not shit and then when you realize that, then you're like, wow, I'm not shit. And then I think you break down all these levels of what you're not only to get back to the top of where you realize, wow, I am awesome. <laughs> but but you say that with the less cockiness, with the less whatever, with a more determinist. I'm like, yo, I know I'm awesome because of this. But sure. it's just like, but, but you say it and you feel it now where before you were just thinking it because that's just how you had to be. Right. But um, but yeah, I think there's a, there is definitely a, a level of selfishness. And I think, you know, like right now I say like. I say even my selfless acts are selfish, but that's because, like, in a weird way, I enjoy being nice. Sure. Or I, I, I enjoy being the person that someone would say, hey, that's a really good thing you just did. Well, and, there's and so a, that's kind of selfish, right? Though there's a difference between giving a gift because you expect one in return and giving a gift and feeling good about it and letting that feeling be what you receive. Yeah. But sometimes people give things to get something in return like I don't know weddings you have to give a gift because you're going to a party they paid for so it's like you know they're giving you a hundred dollar party you give them a hundred dollar gift you know, it's kind of like it's yeah, a tit yeah. for tat kind of thing and if you don't I mean it's you know but when you make a make something or create something for another person and give it to them just because you were thinking about them like that's that makes you feel nice because you like their appreciation and it, there's a I mean you do get something out of it yeah, no, you absolutely do. And, and, and that's the thing. It's just like, you know, you find ways to be okay with the way things are, you know, like you, like you, ex- you accept what you re- receive. And sometimes when you receive nothing, you ex- just accept the idea that someone else enjoyed it or whatever. But yeah, yeah I, I don't know. I think there's, um, but that's when we get into martyrdom is yeah. I get, it's like what my mom would do to me, us when we were little, she'd give and give and give him, but we didn't know she was giving. We just thought that was status quo. So we're like, what? We don't appreciate it. We don't know. Like, but it was like, it becomes a martyr thing. Like I give and I give and I give and I don't get anything in return. I just constantly selflessly give and I get nothing. Why am I keep giving? What am I? And so that, and that's annoying because people are like, well, you're choosing to feel that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that's just- you're choosing to feel like you're not being fulfilled through your, and if that's the case, then, you know, you know, beat your children. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, you know, they have to teach them respect somehow. Teach them respect. But no, I, I think like a lot of the times people do, and I've heard that concept, right? You know, like I keep giving and giving and I don't get anything in return. And it's just like, yo, you know, sometimes, like what the worst thing I think people can do, and I've come across a few friends, a few people that think like this, is that they expect or they want for the person for who they interact with to be 
as good as a person that they think they are. Ooh. You know what I'm saying? Like, 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 sure. like, 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 I give you all this love. I give you all this attention. I give you all this affection. And all I want is just half. And it's just like, well, well, even half for that person is like full. And they're not even ready, w- willing to give you a quarter because right. what, what they deem is worthy is this not your 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 style of it and so because of that it, it puts a lot of like discomfort with with people and interactions and expectations relationships. yeah exactly because it's just it's it's what you're it's what you give out and what you're expecting to receive and sometimes you can't you can't expect uh you can't expect you to throw a ball and someone to throw it right back to you sure you know unless you're bouncing against the wall and playing by yourself it's just like you have to expect that that ball comes at the pace that it comes back at maybe sure. it never comes back maybe the person takes the ball and runs away and then just <laughs> and then you have to accept that oh man i lost the ball yeah and that's just well how life and is. if you don't if you don't have any expectations you'll always be pleasantly surprised yeah yeah all, all the time so you're like, I hope it, I mean, unless you have like, and maybe that's why we set up contracts. Cause we're like, we're married and we have a contract now. So you have to throw the ball back every time I throw it to you. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> every time we have a deal now, every time I throw the ball, you throw it back. And then you're like, I don't want to play ball anymore. And that's how, yeah. They're like, you know what? I thought, I really thought I wanted to play ball, but maybe I just want to go swimming now. Yeah. No, I'm going to get a divorce. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Mauricio, this has been a lot of fun. Where can people find you do comedy? Well, I've been uh, bouncing around. I've kind of like developed this nomadic state or whatever. So like I'm coming out here trying to do open mics and whatever. I've been gearing myself to doing these like moth storytelling things. Cool. So that's always pretty awesome. Um, And I'm going up to Portland and I'm doing some Portland stuff now. I'm doing actually some storytelling up there along with uh, some podcasts up there. So right now I'm kind of like in this like uh, state of just like osmosis meaning i'm kind of moving everywhere i can sure, in you know, and I, out through permeable membranes exactly and and, and I, uh, I i just i just went to la for like the first time in february and cool. i'm like you know just getting acclimated to that so i mean there's I'm, I'm trying to get a whole bunch of things in gear if you ever hear anything you let me know and well, we I'll have always tons of here. we have tons of mics and shows here at mutant yeah. radio yeah. yeah and 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 uh i've i've worked with uh someone that you've worked with uh johnny i forgot what uh, you've, you've you've done off the hook right off the hook I don't know. Have I? I uh, it's. I, I know it's somebody. It's. It, they do it in Campbell or uh, sometimes in. Oh, I know who you're talking about. It's. Uh, uh, yeah, Johnny Corn. Johnny Corn. Yeah. Johnny Corn. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah. know why I put seed in there at the end. No, yeah. no, but uh, but yeah, no. So I, I mean, I've like, and, and that's only because I've only been in like the Bay for like maybe about a year. Oh, okay. You know, just like you know, familiarizing myself with things, and um, I'm kind of bouncing back and forth between you know doing podcasts and doing storytelling rather than comedy more now, and, and that's only just been this like last month. Sure. And that's only because, like, I enjoy the act of talking and saying things without having the need to be funny. Right, the pressure of even though I, Even though I end up being, you know, humorous anyway with shit that I say. Absolutely. But, um, so yeah, like, all of that stuff is just coming into fruition, and I'm going to go to New York uh, between July and August and awesome. be out there. So hopefully when I come back... It's going to be hot. Yeah, I I, I was I would try to avoid it, but my, my mom's birthday is in July, oh, and so, cool. like, I've missed, like, the, the last two or three, so I, I feel like I should go. Yeah. So yeah, I'm just going to be bouncing around, and when I come back, hopefully I can get more... Uh, more traction when I'm back in the bay during like the winter time. Awesome. Yeah, well we do crazy stuff here at Mutiny Radio all the time. And this was some call me Tim. Thank you so much. You're a great interview. Like you're <laughs> Thank you. so intelligent and you have such like um like you're so together. It was really great talking to you about like all this Buddhism and feel I feel like we almost had like a therapy session. Like I feel like a little cleansed like oh, that's good. I'm and ready I, to go about my day. This is technically my first uh, podcast, so I'm glad All that right. I got to do it with you and everything. Yeah. And it's only gearing me to keep on doing more. So yeah. Oh, and I'm sure that our listeners 
loved it. We uh, I get about. 28,000 downloads a month on this nice. show, which is, I know, it's crazy. I'm like, you really want to listen to us talk about religion? Okay. Nice. But everyone's, every every single person I've ever had is completely different. And yet, I haven't had a person yet that's like, yeah, I'm an amoral person. Fuck people. Like, everyone still seems to be moral, even though they come at it from a different angle. Like, I would love to talk to that person. The person's yeah. like, hey, yeah. Fuck everybody. Fuck everybody. But even, even anarchists don't want to kill people. They no. want to kill the system. Yeah, no. To be honest, somebody described anarchy in the most like fluid way of like that's that's the earth, that, that's the world, that's that's the universe. No it's one's chaos. looking out for you. Yeah, yeah. You it's know, chaos it's just, and nobody's got your back. Man, and that's a beautiful way to look at it. Yeah. Sweet. Thank you so much, Thank Mauricio you so much for Marte. Me. I appreciate it. Yes, this has been some call me Tim. Uh, I've been your host, Pam Benjamin. It's every Wednesday from two to three. Uh, this went long because this, he was a great uh, interview. Coming up next at 4 o'clock, we have the Sparkast uh, live because last night at Spark, they had to close early because of some point of sale POS system thing. And um, so sad face, we didn't do it live, but I have people coming back here today to do it. Uh, we're going to smoke the, uh, what's it called? Blueberry Jack. Uh, and do a little product review from Spark and talk about wheat and stuff. So you're welcome to stay unless you have a big day. And um, we'll be back next week on Some Call Me Tim. Let me tell you who our special guest is because I am not together. Uh, But it's every Wednesday. The 6th is Juwan Rubin. Oh, uh, he is a Baptist minister and he is always fun to talk to on Some Call Me Tim because he like really knows the Bible and I, I know the Bible quite a bit so like we get into some weird you know look to the, my, one of my favorite Bible verses look at the birds of the sky they do not reap or sow or stow away in barns and yet your heavenly father takes care of them worry less chill out uh, this has been some call me Tim everybody check out well don't check out Mauricio on Facebook because he doesn't give a fuck but, but I, got, <laughs> I got things on there you can always do it if you, you want always, to you can always go there um, friend him and then this will be here too so thanks again and and we'll see everybody next time on Some Call Me Tim. Bye. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a patter? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk, MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shitface McRat. <laughs> Hey everybody, listen to the Weekly Review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program. We interview community organizers, activists, and artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. 
So listen in to the weekly review every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. and live music promotion, go to www.subliminalsf.com and check out their hilarious t-shirts and super cool bands at clubs and bars all over the Bay Area. Subliminal SF creates amazing flyers, posters, and design for every need. So go now to www.subliminalsf.com and experience what this wonderful local business has to offer. Good evening there, my friends here at MutinyRadio.Evan. Chester Cashcock here, and giving you my love and regard as well as movies over there. And uh, I just wanted to let you guys know that any time I go swimming in my vault of rare coins and piles and piles of filthy cash, I can't help but listen to Pamtastic's Comedy Clubhouse every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. I mean, if anyone who knows anything about comedy knows that Pamtastic's books the best of San Francisco and Beyond's underground comics. It's a great showcase, and they have a fun time at Pamtastic's Deep in the Mission District, where you can laugh off your tushy for a mere fun. $5 every Friday to 10 p.m. And I laugh because $5, I mean, that's what I use to wipe my tushy with. So to laugh it off for a mere $5 is indubitious. But if you can't make it to Mutiny Radio, well, don't even worry. Don't fret at all. You can simply download the podcast post-show and giggle in the comfort of anywhere. Like your Aspen summer home on the mountain ridge with the kayak feeling. So all you got to do is just go to podcastics.pcrcollective.org slash comedy clubhouse. Or you can listen live every Friday from 8 to 10 p.m. as your host Pam Benjamin brings you the best comedy from San Francisco and beyond the universe. And what's better than the universe? It's a cash cock, honey. (laughs) Well, hello, boys and girls. You know what a password is. That's a secret word that soldiers would use to get past the sentry and up to the front. Well, here's a password that gets you up to the front in all the right places. It's cannabis energy. It seems the faster you go, the more cannabis energy you need. So if you want to win, you have to have lots of cannabis energy. And the swellest way I know to get it is just by using Green Army Skincare. Boy, they're just crammed full of cannabis energy. There are more cannabis energy units in one lip balm tube than you use circling the base 10 times or when you ride your bike four miles across the city. And it's fast acting. Why, no sooner that you apply some balm to your mouth or pain areas, you practically feel the new strength in your muscles. And what's more, Green Army Skincare is a good, wholesome product. They're made with body-nourishing cannabis and other natural ingredients. So go out there today and pick up some Green Army Skincare products from your local cannabis procurement center. Join thegreenarmy.com. Hey, ladies and gentlemen, we'd like to invite you down to Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District in San Francisco. 
at 806 South Van Ness. Uh, we've got great food by our kitchen counter offer, burgers, tater tots, tachos, corn dogs, all sorts of good stuff like that. They're open from opening until 11 p.m. most days of the week, except Saturday. Every Saturday night, we've got live rock and roll, some of the best local bands in San Francisco, and touring acts as well. Come on down, 10 p.m., rock and roll, only night of the week. We have a $5 cover charge, always 5 bucks for live rock and roll. We're open from 4 p.m. until 2 a.m., Monday through Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 2 to 2. Come on down, have some drinks with us. We've got Whiskey Wednesday, Tequila Tuesday, and we've always got the Steve McQueen special. Shot of bullet bourbon and a can of California lager for 8 bucks. Come down and enjoy our patio. It's open uh, in the afternoon, not really in the evening, but a lot of good folks hanging out back there. Come on down, give us a shout. Drop by the bar, make some friends. Thanks, folks. Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District, San Francisco, California. With a happy hour every Monday through Friday until 7 p.m. Don't miss it. Go to Bender's Bar. Big supporter of the Mutiny Radio Comedy Festival 2018. Oh, yeah. It goes down. Come smoke with your boy. Grinder. Spark is San Francisco's premier cannabis dispensary with a focus on serving and educating patients for seven years. Spark is dedicated to creating the best in-store experience with its extensive menu, friendly staff, and one of the few cannabis vape lounges in San Francisco. Spark welcomes you to visit its two great locations as a medical patient or for recreational adult use in 2018. Spark is located at between 8th and 9th and at 473 Haight Street at Fillmore. Both locations are open until 10 p.m. every night. Spark staff looks forward to serving you. Rainbow Grocery, a worker-owned and operated food cooperative located at 1745 Folsom Street in the Mission District of San Francisco. Let's hear what locals have to say about Rainbow Grocery. Their bulk section is dope AF. I love their, their variety of cheese and home decor items uh, and this of unique items that you can't find anywhere else. Their cheese section is insane. I love Rainbow Grocery because it's the number one grocery store to shop at when you're having a potluck and need to fulfill everyone's dietary needs. They don't have meat. Rainbow Grocery Cooperative, an amazing San Francisco staple since 1975. For all your space chicken sci-fi comedy non-political humor needs, go to timstesseract.com. Read fiction about the future of San Francisco after the water wars of 2121 in Jane 6. Ask a Jedi for important life hacks. Eat flesh with the bare exoskeleton Contessa. And check your horror horoscope on Horoscopia. Updated every three parsecs. 
Tim'sTesseract.com. Tim'sTesseract.com. So you want to be a comic? It's not as easy as we make it look. But that's because Mutiny Radio has eight hours a week of open mic stage time for all your comedy workout needs. Strain those improv muscles every Sunday from four to six at Getting Sketchy with David Stolowitz. Press out those new jokes every Monday, 6 to 8, on Joke Workshop with four-minute sets and four-minute critiques from everyone kept positive by host Pam Benjamin. Pump those dick jokes every Thursday, 7 to 9, with True Hustle Thursdays. Hashtag THC. That's hashtag THCT. You want more open mics? Fridays, 6 to 8. Happy hour with guest host and George D. Smith. Pew, pew, pew. Four open mics every week at Mutiny Radio, brother. After work and take a seat at Asiento, a great place to meet friends, have delicious tapas and drinks, and relax with your neighbors. Located at Bryant and 21st Street in the Deep Mission, Kitty Corner Block from Mutiny Radio. Come and get a drink during the comedy festival and enjoy happy hour pricing all night long with your festival ticket. A great neighborhood bar. Come take a seat at Asiento. The Roxy Theater is San Francisco's favorite nonprofit art house cinema, bringing you the best, coolest, weirdest, most thought provoking movies of the past, present, and future. Hands down, there is no better way to get your film fix than at this legendary historic theater. Visit www.roxy.com. That's www.roxie.com today for showtimes and tickets. Everyone's dietary needs. They don't have.
July 1946, Paris. In the reception room of that palace on the right bank of the river, a hale and hearty journalist heckled for a quarter of an hour a thin man with deep marks of suffering and privation on his face, who had in front of him a small vase of pink roses. Round about were nearly 100 reporters and observers from all countries. Mr. President, you are a communist, aren't you? Yes, the man replied today. Have you been in the resistance? Ladies yes. and gentlemen, Angelo How long? About 40 years. Have you been in prison, too? It was clear what the journalist was driving at. Yes. What prison? Many, sir. Long? The thin man looked at the hale and hearty journalist with a faint smile and said, In prison, time is always long, you know. The reply given in French was prompt, clear, and unexpected. Was it said as a reproach, as irony, or as humor? What is certain is that at that instant, Frenchmen, Englishmen, and Americans in the room were astonished to notice that the goatee-bearded scholar could smile in Paris or in London as well as in Hanoi. It was the unscrutable smile of a wise man whose vision stretched far beyond today. Have you any further questions, journalist? In prison, time is always long. Ho Chi Minh, the prison diary. Arrested at Tukvid Street, Abundance and Glory Street. At Abundance and Glory Street, shame was thrust on me so as to delay my journey. I am an honest man with a clear conscience, but I was accused without ground of being a spy. Entering Sing Si District Prison, Old inmates of the jail welcome new prisoners. In the sky, white clouds are chasing the black ones away. White clouds and black have drifted out of our sight. On earth, free people are huddled into the jail. Hard is the road of life. Having climbed over steep mountains and high peaks, how should I expect on the plains to meet greater danger? In the mountains, I met the tiger and come out unscathed. On the plains, I encountered men and was thrown into prison. I was a representative of Vietnam, on my way to China to meet an important personage. On the quiet road, a sudden storm broke loose and I was thrust into jail as an honored guest. I am a straightforward man with no crime on my conscience, but I was accused of being a spy for China. So life, you see, is never a very smooth business. And now the present bristles with difficulties. Morning. Every morning the sun, emerging over the wall, darts its rays against the gate. But the gate remains locked. Inside the prison, the ward is shrouded in darkness. Once awake, everyone starts on the hunt for lice. At eight o'clock, the gong sounds for the morning meal. Come on, let's go and eat to our heart's content. For all we have suffered, there must be good times coming. Noon. In the cell, how lovely it is to have a siesta. For hours, we're carried away in sound sleep. I dream of riding a dragon up into heaven. 
headed for a look at the sky. Free spirits haunting the sky of liberty. Do you know your own kind of languishing in prison? Prison meals. At every meal, only one bowl of red rice, without vegetables, without salt, and even no broth to go with it. Those who get food brought into them can sometimes eat their fill. But without help from outside the jail, we groan with hunger. The Gruel Inn. At the side of the road, in the shade of a big tree, a thatched hut serves as an inn for passing travelers. But there's no wine for the guests of this institution. The menu is just cold rice gruel and white salt.
everybody. Welcome to the Sparcast. South Van Ness. Uh, we've got great food by our kitchen counter offer. Burgers, tater tots, tachos, corn dogs, all sorts of good stuff like that. They're open from opening until 11 p.m. most days of the week, except Saturday. Uh, every Saturday night, we've got live rock and roll, some of the best local bands in San Francisco and touring acts as well. Come on down, 10 p.m., rock and roll, only night of the week. We have a $5 cover charge. Now, there's this other... Everybody. I. Uh, oh shit! Just, uh, just hit. Are you tired of swimming through a sea of podcasts? Are ye on a raft without a pattern? Well, gather around me, sea dogs, and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of MutinyRadio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk, MutinyRadio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shitface McRat. <laughs> Hey everybody, listen to the Weekly Review with Roman every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. This is an unapologetically anti-capitalist program. We interview community organizers, activists, and artists. We talk about ways you can take action right now. So listen in to the Weekly Review every Friday from noon to 2 p.m. Every Saturday night, we've got live rock and roll, some of the best local bands in San Francisco, and also over the week, except Saturday. Every Saturday night, we've got live rock and roll, some of the best local bands in San Francisco, and touring acts as well. Come on down, 10 p.m., rock and roll, only night of the week. We have a $5 cover charge, always 5 bucks for live rock and roll. We're open from 4 p.m. until 2 a.m., Monday through Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 2 to 2 Come on down, have some drinks with us. We've got Whiskey Wednesday, Tequila Tuesday, and we've always got the Steve McQueen special. Shot a bullet bourbon and a can of California lager for eight bucks. Come down and enjoy our patio. It's open uh, in the afternoon, not really in the evening, but a lot of good folks hanging out back there. Come on down, give us a shot. Drop by the bar, make some friends. Thanks, folks. Bender's Bar and Grill in the heart of the Mission District, San Francisco, California. With a happy hour every Monday through Friday until 7 p.m. Don't miss it. Go to Bender.